Hello and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple, science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. I'm Bobby Mehta from Blackmores Institute, and today I'm joined by Director of the Blackmores Institute, pharmacist, naturopath and respected author, Professor Leslie Braun. Today we're going to discuss the Mediterranean diet. Widely regarded as being the optimal diet for maintaining and supporting a healthy life, the Mediterranean diet has been the subject of many studies that have sought to explore its benefits. Welcome to Natural Health Simplified. How are you, Leslie? Hi, Bobby. Again, I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Look, the Mediterranean diet is probably one of the most scientifically researched patterns of dietary intake in the world. There's so much to talk about. I'm also looking forward to it. The fact that anything related to food uh, seems to capture my interest quite easily is a bit of a worry. Uh, But let's start by defining exactly what the Mediterranean diet is. Look, there are many different definitions of the Mediterranean diet, but the Royal Australian College of GPs seems to have captured the key elements, and these include a high monounsaturated to saturated fat ratio, In other words, more olive oil, less fatty red meat, and that ratio is around two to one, but also a high intake of legumes, fruit and veggies, grains and cereals. Moderate intakes of fish, white meat, low-fat dairy, as well as red wine, and I think that's probably what the Mediterranean diet's most famous for, but also a low intake of red meat, processed meats, eggs, and also sweets. And I think that's something that people don't always appreciate. It's a low intake of red meat in particular. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because when you think about Mediterranean diet, you think about what you should be eating, but not necessarily what you shouldn't be. Uh, anyway, look, it doesn't sound too hard to me, perhaps with the exception of uh, the low intake of sweets, desserts and sweet drinks. Uh, I'm sure that most of us would be quite fine with uh, eating more fruit and veggies and maybe having a low to moderate amount of red wine, uh, especially if it meant that we were going to be healthier. Surely there's got to be quite a few people doing this already. Well, this is the problem. You're quite right. Implementing a couple of these changes isn't that hard. And of course, you will start to see some kind of improvements in your health. However, the research does suggest that the closer that you can hold to the Mediterranean diet pattern, the better the effects overall. In other words, there is no single bullet. There's no one superfood in any of this. It's the entire combination together and the way it's prepared that gives the synergistic benefits. That means the benefits of following the whole dietary pattern is greater than some of the benefits of the individual elements. Well, you can see the smile from my face has disappeared now because <laughs> that certainly changes up things a little bit. So maximum benefits by adopting the entire diet. Still, uh, I guess it doesn't seem that hard to adopt. For me personally, I guess it helps that I'm not a big fan of red meat. And I guess I could lower my sweets and dairy intakes. Look, I think the problem with diets can sometimes come up when you try to translate them into your everyday life, especially given what we've just discussed regarding the benefits of implementing the entire dietary pattern. How would you suggest people do this in real life? Because that could be a considerable change for a lot of people, couldn't it? It is for a lot of people. One of the things I'd recommend is to be easy on yourself and just to start adopting a couple of changes and over time start to build on those changes so ultimately you start to change your dietary pattern over some time that makes it easy to become a routine for yourself. Mm, I can see that. I usually take the same approach with some of my clients who need to adopt extensive changes. Getting them to make a few small changes at a time works a lot better. But what sort of changes could we make when we're implementing the med diet? I think some of the easy ones to start with would be to change the oils in your pantry. So go and buy a really good quality olive oil instead of using other oils. You can use it for cooking and also for dressings and putting them into salads. Try and consume more veggies. In fact, veggies at every meal if you can. I know what we're really aiming for is at least five different vegetables every day. And like they say, eat a rainbow, lots of different colours. 
try and eat two to three serves of fresh fruit every day. And I know in the Mediterranean diet, they often use fruit as a dessert, like a fruit salad at the end of a meal. And then, of course, try and consume legumes at least three times a week. Again, can be in salads or soups, casseroles, or even a veggie burger. Oh, I like the sound of that. Burgers still on the menu. Sign me up. <laughs> on a serious note, though, legumes are quite an easy type of food to add to dishes without affecting or impairing the flavour too much. You wouldn't even know they were there, would you? I agree. It's really easy. In fact, I often put um, legumes into my soups and just blend them all up and you wouldn't even realise they're there. Other simple changes that you can make after you've done those first set would be having two to three serves of fish every week with at least one serve of oily fish like salmon or sardines, which are really good for your heart health as well as your brain. Choose white meat ideally skinless poultry, rather than their fatty processed meats like sausages, and keep the red meat portions down to a minimum and ensure if you're eating red meat that it's really lean. Also, look at unsweetened natural yoghurt as a snack on most days. Again, it's one of those things that are sometimes used in the Mediterranean diet as a little bit of a treat. So finally, get back in the kitchen. Try to cook some home-cooked meals so you know exactly what's going into your food and include lots of wonderful tomatoes and garlic and onions and fresh and delicious herbs. All this talk of food has got my stomach grumbling. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Again. I think I'm ready to start now. Uh, Thanks for sharing those suggestions. It makes it easy when you can think of a diet in terms of real food and how you can incorporate the changes in your meal prep. Uh, Especially a good time to make the switch if you've got young kids as well, getting them eating healthy at a younger age for longer term benefits. Now, we've discussed what a med diet looks like and uh, how we can start implementing it at home. Can you describe some of the key benefits of doing so? I'm well aware the benefits of the diet are widely accepted, but can you go into a little detail perhaps about some of the key benefits that really stand out for you? As I said, Bobby, this is one of the most scientifically researched dietary patterns in the world. I guess one of the really standout pieces of research for me is a study that was published in the British Medical Journal, and it showed that a Mediterranean diet was associated with a positive impact on a known marker of ageing called a telomere. Now, telomeres sit at the end of our chromosomes, and they're a little bit like the plastic tips at the end of a shoelace, stopping them from fraying and scrambling the genetic codes that they contain. The length of these telomeres is related to life expectancy, with shorter telomeres associated with a lower life expectancy and a greater risk of age-related diseases. Now, amazingly, the results of this study, which was one of the largest looking at the Mediterranean diet and telomere length, revealed that the greater adherence to the diet meant that you had a significantly longer telomere. Wow, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? I've heard a fair bit about these telomeres. I'm I'm fascinated by them. It could also be uh, the perfect subject, I think, for a future podcast episode. What do you think? Oh, look, it's such an interesting topic. And um, look, back to the Mediterranean diet, I'm going to pick another one. And this was a bit of research that came out of a study published a little while ago now. It was 2016. And it was conducted in Italy with about 1,200 people that had a history of heart disease. And what the researchers did was appraise their diet and followed them up over a number of years. The results of this study were just as exciting as the first one. It found that those people that had the highest adherence to the Mediterranean diet had a 37% lower risk of death compared to those who didn't follow the diet to the same degree. Wow, you're right. That is equally amazing. Uh, What specifically did they put the findings down to, though? Look, in this instant, they came to the conclusion that the main contributors responsible for this were the high consumption of vegetables, 
fish, fruit, nuts, and the monounsaturated fatty acids from olive oil. So in particular, those were the outstanding contributors. And they're pretty much the majority of the Mediterranean diet elements, aren't they? Uh, Look, I'd love to sit and talk more about all this research. It's unbelievable, but we've probably only got time for uh, one more bit of research. Now, what's your final pick? Look, I'm going to actually push it to two. Um, Look, there's a piece of research that came from France, published around 2018, and it was based on a meta-analysis that reviewed studies from 1993 to 2008, reanalyzed them, and showed that if you adhere to the Mediterranean diet, it was associated with a lower risk of skin cancer, particularly melanoma and basal cell carcinoma, which I think is really important, particularly in Australia. So very impressive. And the other one was a big meta-analysis. Again, a whole bunch of studies put through a statistical analysis that found the closer you adhere to the Mediterranean diet, it actually reduced all-cause mortality. I don't think there's anything better than that. No, I think uh, all those bits of research you've just uh, shared with us really highlight the fact that we absolutely must see food as medicine. If anything demonstrates it so powerfully, it's got to be those bits of research. Uh, Thanks so much, Leslie. Definitely one of the most interesting podcasts I've been lucky to enjoy with you. It's been wonderful. Thanks a lot, Bobby, for having me. And I hope you've also enjoyed this episode of the podcast and I look forward to you joining me again soon for another episode. I'm Bobby Mehta and this has been Natural Health Simplified. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thank you.